With Hashem's assistance, we are learning Gittendav Pevav, page 86. We begin two lines from the top. Kufu shall get shikhur, this is a quote from the Mishnah, the body of an emancipation document, Hariyat Bascharin, what he does is he writes in there that you are freed, Hariyat Latzmech, or you are to yourself. Now, the Mishnah, the Gemara, I'm sorry, talks about a case that has nothing to do with any kind of emancipation. Asking Rav Yehuda, Bishtar Zvini Da'avdi, Rav Yehuda, he established that if you're writing some kind of document to sell your slave, this is what you write. Avda Denan, this slave, Mutztakli Avdoi, it's correct to enslave him, Upater Ve'ater Min Charure, and he's completely detached in any way from any kind of freedom, Umin Alule, Umin Arule, Malka, Umalkasa. And there's no one who's going to come and claim that this slave is his, not a king, not a queen, no one. And in those days, the Rashi explained, they used to have, they used to actually brand the slaves. So he's saying is that there's no other person's branding upon the slave. He's my slave. He doesn't belong to anyone else. And he's clean of any kind of blemish. And Rashi says this blemish that we're talking about here is this, it's not a list of Mizuyan. He's guaranteeing that the slave is not somebody who goes and, and is a highway robber. And he also guarantees that he doesn't have any kind of boils, any kind of blemish that makes him too ugly to come out in front of, uh, to be the slave of someone. And he guarantees, the person who's selling him in this case is guaranteeing that he's not going to get any kind of boils or blemishes for two years whether they're old or whether they're new, meaning whether they're a continuation of a previous uh, boils that he had, some kind of sickness that he had previously, or not. Maya Asu says, the says, what's the cure for someone who has these boils? And Rabbi Yisabai says, Ginbara, you take ginger, umartacha, and the dross, the leftovers after they process the metal, the kavrisa and sulfur, the chala de chamra, and you take uh, wine vinegar, umashcha de zesa, and, and olive oil, the chivra, and you take white naphtha, the shayfi lebegatha de ivza, and you apply it with the feather of a goose. We begin the Mishnah. There are three different gets, three different divorce documents that are not good, meaning from the rabbis, the rabbi, rabbinically they said that these gets are not good. However, if they went and got married, the child will indeed not become a mom's or will not be a bastard. First case is where he wrote it in his own handwriting, I mean the husband, he wrote it himself, but he didn't place on it any kind of witnesses. That's the first case. Another case is where you have witnesses, but they didn't actually write the time when the document was written. That's the second case. The third case is where you do indeed have the time, but in this case you only have one witness. So these three cases, they're all, they're apostle, they're no good, like we said previously. And if they went and they got married, if the woman got married to the child, the children are not going to be bastards, meaning they will be considered divorced. However, from the onset, you should not go and get divorced with such a document. And the Gemara is going to explain why we need to repeat this thing again twice. Why does it have to say th- these three so why do you repeat these things again twice in the mission? The Gemara will explain. Rabbi Lazar, I mean, Rabbi Lazar says, even though there is no witnesses upon it, as long as you gave it over in front of witnesses, this is Rabbi Lazar's shita, that the main witnesses that we need are the ones that are actually witnessing the get, the divorce document being given over. But we don't per se need the witnesses to actually sign inside of the get. So he holds, as long as you did it this way, as long as you did it in front of Adim, even if there are no witnesses inside, it's kosher, and you're allowed to collect from encumbered properties, meaning this is a full-fledged document, there's nothing wrong with the document at all. Rabbi Lazar holds that the only reason that we have Adim ever signing on a get, that we have witnesses that are actually upon the get, is to make a correction for the world, and Rashi explains what that means, is that 
if if we have it, like Rabbi Lezer says, Lechatchila, which is totally fine, where you have the witnesses who are watching the gate being given over, that's fine. However, at some point, these witnesses could die. So as long as you have the witnesses signed inside of the gates, so it's a good thing. It's a it's a tikkun ha'olam. It's a rectification because because those witnesses who saw it might die. So this way, you have it written inside of the get, and then it could be verified later on that those people indeed those are the, those are their signatures. However, so but it's not it's not absolutely necessary according to Rabbi Lazar. It's only the chatchil. It's better thing to do. But if you didn't have it, it's absolutely kosher, no problem. We begin the Gemara. Visuleka the Gemara asks. Are there no more cases? Meaning the Mishnah implies by saying that there's only three cases, that implies it's only these three. There's no more. The Gemara says, what do you mean? We do have more of a ha'ika. We have other cases. Get yashon. The case where someone gave a get that was written a long time before. So from the rabbis, they said that you shouldn't do such a thing. However, it's kosher if you did it. It's all right if you did it. The Gemara says, no. Hasam lo There's a distinction. There's a reason that what is not included in our Mishnah. Because over there, we say lo that she does not have to get divorced if she remarries. However, over here, in our case, if she remarries, despite the fact that the children do not become amzer, do not become bastards, nevertheless, she has to get divorced. That's the distinction. That's why that case of get yashon, an old get, is not included in our Mishnah. So the says, Hani It's good according to the one who says over here that in fact she does have to get divorced. Then we have a distinction. According to the one who says over here that she does not have to get divorced, in our case, Michael So what are you going to explain? How can you, why is the get yashon case not included in our Mishnah? So our answer is, we can explain that in our case that it's totally different than the case over there because over there by the case of get yashan so she's allowed to get remarried even even before the fact it's okay once that get you know you're not supposed to give the get but once it's been given then it is she is allowed to go and marry someone else however in our case from the rabbis they said you can't give that get and if you gave it you can't get remarried however if you did already get remarried in all these three cases we're not going to make you get divorced. That's the distinction. Now the Gemara says, wait, we have the get that we mentioned earlier, the Masar Sashat says on page from Abayz, on page 81b, the case was where we have a, a Kohen who wants to divorce his wife, so we have a special kind of get that we write for him, where you tie it up, and you fold it over, and you have a, a, a witness written on each and every on each and every fold. So we said in that case, that we're, let's say one of the folds is missing one of the signatures. So we said that the, the rabbin from the rabbis said you're not supposed to use that, that get. So, but nevertheless, if you did use it, so then it would seem to be okay. So why isn't that included in our Mishnah? So the says, no, hasam avlad mamzer, hacha avlad kasher. There's a big difference because in that case, actually the child is going to become a bastard, which is not going to be the case in our case. So now the Gemara says, That's good according to Rabbi Meir. And we'll read the parentheses. Who says that over there, in fact, in that case, the child will be a bastard, will be a mamzer. According to the rabbis who say that, in fact, in that case, where you use the get that was missing one of those witnesses that was signed on one of the folds. So according to the rabbis, they say that it's not going to create any kind of mamzer, it's not going to create any bastards. So why is that case not included in our Mishnah? So the Gemara answers, so what can we say? We can say that the difference is that over there, we would tell her that she has to get divorced if she got remarried using that get. However, in our case, we would say that she does not have to get divorced. So the says, wait. We have a distinction according to the one who says that over here you do not have to get divorced. But according to the one who says over here that in fact you do have to get divorced, what's the distinction? Why don't we include that case? So the answers, that in a case of a tied up get, we're not talking about that in our Mishnah. And I believe the understanding of it is 
that we're talking about regular cases. That case is a special case only set up for a Kohen that, so we have this whole long ritual so that he'll change his mind because once he gets divorced, we don't, you know, he can't remarry his wife, so we prefer that he not, he not do this if he's not really serious about it, so we do this whole lengthy process. So, that's not what we're talking about on our mission. Our mission is only talking about normal cases. All that, that applies to everyone, whether we're talking about a Kohen, whether we're talking about a non-Kohen. Now the Gemara continues. What about a case where you lived in Babylonia, and instead of writing that this is the third year of the reign of the Babylonian king, you wrote that it's the third year of the reign of the Roman king. So we said earlier that that case is not good, rabbinically. Nevertheless, uh, the Gemara here assumes that it, it should be included in our Mishnah. So the Gemara answers... No, it's a difference. Hasam that it could be true that over there that it's not going to be a problem with the children. The kids are not going to be mamzerim. But nevertheless, over there we're going to tell you that you have to get divorced. Whereas over here, the woman does not have to get divorced. So again, we go through this whole thing. It's good according to the one who says that over here you do not have to get divorced. Then we have distinction. But according to the one who said that you do have to get divorced in our case, Michael Mamer. So then we have exactly the same case, and we don't have a distinction. So the Gemara answers, I'm going to skip to the parentheses this time, Mukim la Rabbi Meir. We can see that our Mishnah and that Mishnah is like Rabbi Meir. It's going to be the distinction. The reason that it was not included, the case of Shlom Malchus, we wrote the wrong kingdom. The reason that it was not included is because in that case, the child is going to be a Mamzer indeed. If she goes and she gets remarried to someone else, with that get, so the child, since you have used the get, which was not written properly, so therefore the child is going to be a moms or a bastard. However, in our case, in our Mishnah, so Rabbi Meir will agree that in fact it's the child will not be a mamzer if she goes and she gets remarried with the get. And the reason explains Rashi on the Mishnah is because since it was written in his ksav yad, it's written in his own handwriting, so therefore it's like mea edim, it's like a hundred witnesses. Now, I don't totally understand because that's only in the first case and the third case. The Gemara in the Hemshech and the continuation is going to say that it's only considered, it's only a case of actually him writing it in his own handwriting in the first and the third case. But that's the explanation that Rashi gives in the Mishnah. Now the Gemara addresses another important point. When we said in the Mishnah, in number three, we said these three cases, it's implying it's only these three cases, but not other cases. What's it coming to exclude? And we said it twice. So why did it say it in the first place? Why did it say it a second time, the number three? What's it coming to exclude? So the more answers. The first number is coming to exclude the three cases that we said, get Yashon, get Makusher, and the Shlomalchus case. And get and so what do we need the minyan to say for the mute ha detanya is coming to exclude the following brisa hamevi get mimidinus hayam that someone who brings a get from outside of Israel into Israel nasnei lavalei omar befanenachta befanenachta he gave it to her and he did not say that it was written and sealed in front of me yitzi vavlad mamzer diver Rabbi Meir Rabbi Meir says he has to get she has to get divorced and if there's any children the children are mamzerim so we're coming to exclude this case that in our mishnah so our case is rabbinically it's a problem however the children are not going to be but in that case, they will be mamzerim. And in that case, the rabbis say that in fact, the children will not be mamzerim. Kate said, What should he do in order to alleviate the problem? In other words, according to the Chachamim, so you're still left with a problem because she's not married properly. Okay, the children are not going to be mamzerim, but she's not married properly, so what do you do? And according to Rabbi Meir, so before the fact, before there's any mamzerim, before there's any children, how can you rectify the situation? So, what you do is you take it back and you give it back to her in front of two people. And then you go and you say, it was written and sealed in front of me, and that will take care of all the problems. And so, basically what we're saying is, it's important to understand why 
we need to exclude both of these cases? So Rashi explains that what we're doing here in this last case is that we're excluding this case to show you that that brysa is actually a completely valid and accurate brysa. And this is how we show it by saying that only in our three cases is it going to be that the child is not going to be a mamzer. But in that case, the case of Rabbi Meir, in that brysa, in fact, the child will be a mamzer since he didn't say b'fani nechtav b'fani nechtam. Now the Gemara continues. Plus he wrote it in his handwriting, but he didn't have any kind of witnesses signed upon it. Amar Rav, Rav says, that in the Mishnah, the case that we're talking about is a case where it's written with his handwriting. So the Gemara says, Ahaya, what's he, what, what's he talking about? Which case is he going on? Elam Aresha, that's what it says. It says that in the Mishnah that he actually wrote with, with his own handwriting. So we don't need Rav to tell us that. So what are you going to say? It's going on a middle case. And that's what Rav is telling us that he has written it himself. We don't need his own handwriting because we have two witnesses there. It must be when Rav said that we're talking about a case where it's his own handwriting. It must be going on the last case of the Mishnah. In the case of which case? Where we have the time written into the document, but we only have one witness signed upon it. We turn to page 86b. It's only because you have his own handwriting and one witness. But if you have the handwriting of the actual person, who, let's say he told someone else to write it, he told the scribe to write it, and you have one witness on it, and you only have one witness and the scribe did not sign on it, so that case will not be good. In, in other words, and if she goes, she gets remarried with that document, the children will in fact be mamzerim, they will be bastards, because it's not considered a good document at all. So that was Rav. Shita Rav holds that you have to be talking about a case where the husband himself signed and not the sofer. When we're talking about that, where you have one witness. Now, Shmuel Omer, Shmuel says, however, Afiluk Sav Sofer. Even if you have the writing of the scribe, the aid, and a witness, that's enough. Share Shanin, we have in the Mishnah, it says in the Mishnah, on Pezayin Amid Beis, coming up in the next daf, that Sav Sofer the aid, kosher. Now, when you have the writing of a sofer and one witness, it's kosher. For Rav, and Rav says, Mi dummy, how is that comparable? In that case, that's not our case at all. That case, we're saying that it's l'chadchili, you're allowed to do it. And Rav learns, explains Rashi, that what's that case? The case is actually not just where he wrote, the scribe wrote down the document, but rather the scribe actually also signed the document. That's why that case is that it's kosher, according to Rav. He holds like Rabbi Yirmiya. But Shmuel holds no. Shmuel holds in that case, the, the scribe did not actually sign. But you're actually talking about exactly the same case where there's only one witness. So that's why Shmuel holds that it's comparable. But Rav says you still can't compare it because even if you hold that the, that he didn't sign and it's, it is comparable still. Over there we see that you're allowed to do it even the chathila, even from the onset. I mean there's no problem. It's not even rabbinically pro- problematic. But over here it is rabbinically problematic. So how can you compare it? Obviously it's not the same case. Hachadi Ebed over here you can't do it. Shmuel, and Shmuel is, what does he respond? Like Kasha. That's not a problem. Hab is the Mufuk. There's a big difference in that case over there. Why is it that you can do it that you can do it even before the fact? Because we're talking about that case where it was somebody who was a uh, uh, scribe who's well known, who knows the laws, he knows everything, and therefore Rashi explains that he would never write this document unless the husband had told him specifically to do it. Whereas in our mission, we're talking about a, a scribe who is not a regular scribe and he doesn't know that law, perhaps, or have to be worried that perhaps he doesn't know that law, and therefore we can't assume that he knew what he was doing, and therefore. That's why we say that in our Mishnah, that rabbinically you shouldn't use it. But if it was used, then, then we're not going to make the children mamzer. And Rabbi Yechanan said, like Rav, the case is talking about where it's actually the, the writing of the actual Baal, of the husband. 
Amr the Rabbi Lazar. So Rabbi Lazar said, because he didn't understand which case he was going on, just like we made the mistake earlier, he thought he was going on the middle case. Harish love Edim. What do you mean? There are witnesses. What do you need the, the guy to himself to write it? Amr lay Asefa. I'm going on the last case, meaning the case where there was only one witness that was signed upon it. There were times that Rav said that in the cases of our Mishnah, that in fact she would have to get divorced. There were times that Rav would say that you do not have to get divorced. What's the case? When would he say this? When would he say this? If she already has children, we don't make her get divorced because we're afraid that if we make her get divorced, people are going to think that the children are mamzeh and the children are problematic. But if she doesn't have any children, then we do in fact say that she does have to get divorced. Masiv Marzutra Bartuvia, so Marzutra Bartuvia asked the following question. So the mission over there in Yevamos is talking about the following case. That we have a concept, let's say you have Ruvain. Ruvain dies, he has no children, and he has two wives. So he has a wife named Leah and a wife named Rachel. So, so the halacha is that if one of those wives cannot marry the brother, Shimon, she's an erva, she's a forbidden relationship, so the halach is that no one has to marry Shimon. For example, let's say Reuven married his niece, Shimon's daughter. So Rachel is Shimon's daughter, and now Reuven dies, so since Rachel can't marry Shimon because she's his daughter, so therefore Leah, the other co-wife, does not have to marry her as well, does not have to marry him as well. And there's no chalitza, there's no yibum, there's nothing. However, so now this mission is saying like this, Let's say the one, the niece, the woman who was not permitted to marry the, the brother. Let's say she was a Suffolk Kedushin. The marriage that she originally had was in doubt. Or the husband had originally given some kind of get, a divorce document, and was also in doubt. So the halacha is that since the co-wife, it's not clear whether or not she has a co-wife who is forbidden to this man. So therefore we do chalitza and we don't do yibum. What's the case of a doubt in regards to Kedushin? It was thrown to her, this, uh, this marriage was thrown to her, and it's not clear if it was, close or it was closer to him or closer to her. That's considered a doubt in regards to Kedushin. What's the case of a doubt in regards to a divorce? Kosovic Saviyadu gives us our cases. Let's see, he wrote it in his handwriting. There are no witnesses. There are witnesses, but there's no time on it. Or there's a time written on it, but you only have one witness. So all these cases are a doubt in regards to whether or not it's considered a good Gerishin. And therefore, in all these cases, so the co-wife because of this doubt, will indeed do chalitza, but not yibum. She won't be allowed to do yibum. Now, the Gemara asks as follows, If it would be true, like Rav said, that once she gets married and has children, she does not get divorced, so we're going to run into a big problem. Because if she does not get divorced, that means that, in fact, the, the get was considered a good get. So even though rabbinically it's not considered good, but if she went and she did it, so we'll say that it's okay. So what's going to happen? Sarasa, the co-wife in the case of, of Yibum, is going to say like this, Asi She might come and say, oh look, over there was a good get, over here also it was a good get, therefore I'm allowed to do Yibum, and she's going to, she's going to go and marry her brother, who's not, her, she's not allowed to, her brother-in-law, who she's not supposed to marry. More answers. No, it's not such a big deal if she goes and does that. Because it's only a rabbinic, we're worried rabbinically that something might happen, but uh, we're not going to create decrees upon decrees because of a rabbinic issue. Levi Omar Levi says, that the halacha is that she never is going to get divorced. 
similarly, Rabbi Yechanan said that we never make her get divorced, even if she hasn't had children yet. And this Rabbi Yechanan said the exact same thing to the children of Rabbi Chalafta, who were from Huna. He said to them like this, Rabbi Yechanan said to them, this is what your father Rabbi Chalafta said. That in fact, she never has to get divorced in these rabbinic cases. Once she's gotten married, we don't do it even if she hasn't had any children. And he also told them something else which is not connected at all. The Kratzitz Sheba Amir, if you have this Kratzitz, it's a type of animal that's amongst the sheaves, in regards to the waters of the red heifer, so if, if they're drunk by an animal, so the halach usually is that if they're drunk, so they will ruin, because of the backwash coming out of the animal's mouth, it's going to ruin the waters of the, red, the, the ashes of the red heifer. It won't be able to be used. But in regards to the kratzis, it's not going to backwash, and therefore it's not going to ruin the waters. Now the Gemara says, my kratzis, what is this kratzis that we're talking about? What is this animal? Amr Abayah responds, Didvasa de Benikipi. It's some kind of grasshopper like creature, says Rashi, that's uh, amongst the sheep. Master of Daniel Bar of Katina, Rav Daniel, the son of Rav Katina, asked the following question. All of the birds, they're going to ruin the waters of the red heifer, except for the dove. Because the dove, it only sucks, it doesn't backwash. Now, if it would be true what you just said in the name of Rabbi so so it should include the krotzis in this thing. It should include this grasshopper that it's okay. The more answer is No, the reason that it didn't include krotzis is because it's not always true. Because when you have a big grasshopper like creature, so that's something that's not going to ruin it, but a small one does, in fact, backwash. What's the end of the size of a small one? Meaning, at what point does it cross over from being small to be considered big? It's until it's the size of an olive. The Gemara continues. Rebbelezer said in the Mishnah that you don't need witnesses to actually be signed upon the get, upon the shtar, upon the document, but rather it's enough to have witnesses who are actually witnessing the event. That was that's what creates the efficacy of the document. Rabbi Yehuda says the name of Rav Halacha Rebbelezer begitten. Halacha is like Rav. I'm sorry, like Rabbi Lazar, in regards to Gidin, specifically by divorce documents, but not in regards to other documents. Rabbi Yehuda said that when I said in front of Shmuel, Amar Apishtaris, he said that it's also true in regards to other documents also, that you don't need witnesses to actually signed upon it. All you need them to be is to be there present at the time when the document is given over. And Rav holds that it's not true in regards to other documents. We don't hold like Rabbi Lazar. What does Rabbi Lazar say? He says that it's even true in regards to other documents, because he says that you can collect from encumbered, from encumbered properties. That implies that it's also true in regards to other documents. Rabbi Lazar Tarti Amar. So we say, no, Rabbi Lazar said two things. I mean, he said it also in regards to other documents, and as well in regards to Gitten, that you don't need witnesses to be signed on it. However, Omar, that's what he said. But Rab only holds like Rabbi in regards to Gitten, in regards to the divorce documents, but not in regards to other documents. Similarly, Rabbi Yaakov Bar-Idi said in the name of Rabbi Shubin Levi, Halakha Rabbi Lazar Begitten. Halakha is like Rabbi Lazar in regards to divorce documents, but not in regards to other documents. Rabbi Yane Omar Afilu Reach Haget Einbo. Rabbi Yanya says that if you have no witnesses signed on it, not only is it not a good get, but it's not considered a get at all, even regards to 
Kohanim, we find that if a guy says to his wife, I'm giving you this get on condition that you're not, you can't marry anyone else, but you're only divorced from me, but not, and you're not permitted to marry anyone else. So we find the halacha is that in regards to the Kohanim, it's considered a get, and she cannot go and marry a Kohen, even if her husband dies and she becomes a widow. She can't marry a Kohen, she's considered divorced, even though she wasn't permitted to marry anyone. But over here, in this case, it's not considered anything, and she's still permitted to marry a Kohen, because if there's no, there's no witnesses signed upon it, according to Rabbi Yanai, it's not considered good at all. So the Gemara asks, Rabbi Yanai, let's lay the Rabbi Lazar. Could it be that Rabbi Yanai doesn't hold like Rabbi Lazar? We're saying that we pass him like Rabbi Lazar. We hold like him, that you don't need witnesses to be signed on the, on the document. The Gemara answers, no. This is what he means. According to the rabbis, who are you on Rabbi Lazar? There's not even a smell of a get. Even the, the Kohanim can, it's no, it's no problem. The Kohanim are allowed to marry her. She's not considered a divorcee. Similarly, Rabbi Chanina said, in regards to divorce documents. And here again, Rabbi Yechanan said that there's not even a smell of a get. The Kohanim are allowed to marry this woman. Lema Rabbi Yechanan less like the Rabbi Lazar. Is this to say that Rabbi Yechanan does not hold like Rabbi Lazar? The Mayan says again the same thing. This is what he means. The Rabbanan, according to the rabbis who argue on Rabbi Lazar, there's not even a smell of a get. And a Kohen is allowed indeed to marry her, according to the rabbis. Rabbi Abba, the son of Zavdah, sent the following to Mari Barmar. We ask the following of Rav Huna, or ask from him, Halacha Rebbe Lazar, begin, Oyein Halacha. Is the Halacha like Rebbe Lazar in regards to Gitin or not? Adahachi, in the meantime, Nach Nafshei the Rav Huna. Rav Huna passed away. So Rav, the son of Rav Huna, responded and said to them, This is what my father used to say, Mishmei the Rav, in the name of Rav. Halacha Rebbe Lazar, the Halacha is like Rebbe Lazar, begin in regards to divorce documents. And the rabbis who were experts in the matters of halacha, Mishim Rabbeinu Amri, in the name of Rabbeinu, they said, Halacha Kerbal Azar, begin halacha is like Kerbal Azar in regards to divorce documents. The Amar of Chama Barguria, Amarav, who were these rabbis who were the, the experts, is referring to Rav Chama Barguria, who he said in the name of Rav, Halacha Kerbal Azar, halacha is like Kerbal Azar, begin in regards to divorce documents. Ikadami, that those who say, Vichave Reinu Habekiyam Bidvar Halacha, Vitalmide Rabbeinu, Mishim Rabbeinu Amru, that our friends, this is reference, as we're going to see to Rav Chizda, who are who are experts in matters of halacha, and the students of Rabbeinu, they said in the name of Rabbeinu, halacha Rabbi Lazar begin that halacha is like Rabbi Lazar in regards to divorce documents. The Amar Rav Chizda, Amar Rav Chama Bar Guria, Amar Rav, that Rav Chizda said in the name of Rav Chama Bar Guria, in the name of Rav, halacha Rabbi Lazar begin that halacha is like Rabbi Lazar in regards to divorce documents. And similarly, because of Rav and Amar Lazar, when Rav came, he said in the name of Rabbi Lazar. Amar Rav, in the name of Rav, Halacha Rabbi Lazar, Begitin. Halacha is Rabbi Lazar, the first Rabbi Lazar, by the way, here is in Amora. The second one is the Tan of our Mishnah. Halacha is like Rabbi Lazar in regards to divorce documents. We begin the Mishnah. You have two people, their name is Ruvain, and their wives' names are Leah. Same exact name, same exact wife's name, and they sent both at the same time two uh, divorce documents to their wives. Vinis Arvu, and the two documents got mixed up, so it's not clear whose is whose. So what we do is we give both of the documents to each wife. And this way, each one of them is going to end up getting the one that's supposed to be theirs, and they'll be divorced. Therefore, let's say one of them gets lost, one of those two documents, after they got mixed up, gets lost. So the other one is going to become nullified. You're not going to be able to use the other one, because what's going to happen? You're going to give it to both of them. Only one of them is going to be divorced. You're not going to know which one. You're going to just run into troubles. So you say you don't give anything at all. 
Now, another case, new case. Let's see, I have five different couples written into a document. There's one form, and in the middle you have a few different sets of names. Ish plainim megayish plainis. This one is divorcing his wife. Plainy plainis, and this one is divorcing his wife. Va'edim milmata, and you have the witnesses signed on the bottom. Kulin cherim. So they're all kosher. They're all fine. Vinasin nikol achasi achas. And you can give now to each and every one. You pass it. You pass it down the. You know. You pass it through. You pass it around. Let's say he was writing a separate form for each and every person. And the witnesses are signed all the way on the bottom. You have a long scroll, and on the top is one form for one, one set who wants to give the divorce. And then another form, and then another form. So the witnesses are all the way on the bottom. So the, the one that it's clear that the Adam are going on, which is the, the bottom one where they're signed, so then that one is okay, that one can use it. However, the ones that are above it, it's not clear that the witnesses are actually going upon that case. So therefore, or upon that form. So therefore, it's not going to be good. Whereas in the first case, in the previous case, so the, the, they were all in one form. All the different couples were written into one form. And therefore, the witnesses are clearly going on all of the cases. That's why it's kosher. Now we begin the Gemara. The Gemara says like this, back on the first case, the case where we had two couples where they mixed up the divorce document with the same exact names. Mantana. Who is our Mishnah? Amr Biyamiya. So Biyamiya says, they like Rebbe Lazar. It seems to be not like Rebbe Lazar. De'i Rebbe Lazar. Because if it would be Rebbe Lazar, came into Amr Edemesirikarti, since he holds that the witnesses who are watching the event take place are the ones who are creating the efficacy of the divorce document, they don't know which document is doing the divorcing for which woman. That being the case, so since Rebbe Lazar holds, we don't need, this is how Rashi explains it, since Rebbe Lazar holds, we don't need the, the witnesses who are signed on the document to be written Lashma. It doesn't have to be, we don't care about them at all. It can't be that when the Torah says it has to be done for the right person, that it's going on the signatures, because Rebbe Lazar holds, we don't need the signatures. So what? It's going on when it says that it has to be done for the right person. It's going on the writing of the document and the giving over of the document. And since the witnesses don't know which document is for whom, so therefore we're going to have a problem. So it can't be in the Mishnah that it's going according to Rebbe Lazar. So, so the Gemara answer is, Abayi Omar, Abayi says, Afilu We could even say that it is Rebbe Lazar. Ema we could say that Rabbi Lazar only holds that the writing has to be done for the right person. It could be that when, he, when it says in the Torah it has to be done for the right person, it's not going on the witnesses who are actually seeing the event take place. They don't have to know which document is for whom, and therefore it's going to be just fine, and our Mishnah can work out according to Rabbi Lazar as well.